Hey gang, thanks for listening to this special episode of Promo Mode. This is fun because we're welcoming back the members of Anvil. Early, early on, one of our very first episodes was drummer Rob Reiner. And that has always stuck with me because at the time it was, we were just starting out, the, you know, me, these, me and Aaron basically, uh, these guys that had no connections, no experience doing any of this. And having someone like Rob join our podcast was so validating it was so it meant so much to us at the time and i gotta thank barry connors the drummer for uh toronto for making that happen anyway next month the is the 13th anniversary of anvil the story of anvil one of the greatest rock docs ever made it's coming back to theaters to celebrate its 13th anniversary so on the, in this conversation, we have Rob again, we got Lips Kudlow, the lead singer and guitarist, and we have director Sasha Gervasi. I hope I said that right, Sasha. Forgive me if I got it wrong. I meant to ask you before we were done talking. Anyway, we discuss why 13, the, the answer is clear once I thought about it. We talk about kind of the newly restored, remastered version that's going to be hitting theaters. We talk about a special, couple of special sneak peeks, previews that are happening. One already did, and I think one's happening this weekend, or maybe it's this coming weekend. We also talk about their brand new album called Impact is Imminent, which I think is probably one of their best albums. And Lips agrees and explains why in this conversation. Anyway, I mean, Rob and Lips became two of the most lovable characters in heavy metal and they are no different today than they were then thankfully that documentary allowed them to just make music for a living and i love them for it and sasha is a riot so anyway check your local listings and see if you could i loved seeing that movie in the theater 13 years ago and i'm so glad it's back now because it is a blast i think you'll all remember anyway enjoy is laughing. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds we can't, we can't believe the madness that is fucking going on, man. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Two things. Do? Let's get to that here in a second. I want to. I want to kick it off with two things. Number one, Rob, I started this podcast about seven and a half years ago, and one of the my intention originally was to talk to kind of obscure bands that I thought were really good and deserved more attention. And I uh, talked to Barry Connors of the band Toronto and because I love that band and I wish they were bigger in the States. And he gave me your email address and he said, My, I'm friends with Rob. I bet he'd talk to you. And so you and I emailed and you came on. We only chatted for a little while. The sound quality wasn't that good or anything. But I saved all those emails because you would you would say, hey, bro, Jay. 
And it made me so happy to have Rob Reiner of Anvil call me Bro Jay, because my name's John. And so I just want you to know that talking to you, what's that? Yeah, I'm a hippie, man. Everything's brothers and sisters. Of course it is. Of course. So I just want you to know that talking to you early on, when I'm just starting to get going with this, was one of the most exciting moments of my life. So thank you, Rob, for chatting chatting with me. You don't even remember this, but it was like seven and a half years ago, and it meant the world to me. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, you, and you're absolutely right. I don't remember any of it. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. That was many bong hits ago. Uh, anyway, okay, before we talk about the new movie, I do want to mention one thing. Your new album is great. Impact is imminent. And it must be that when it kicks off with that introduction by Dave Grohl and everything, it's one of your best albums. You're doing it now. Wow. What's going on? I mean, you guys are just going to keep putting out great music whenever you feel like it, no matter what. How's the audience? Is it growing? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Everything's, you know, it's growing. It could be growing faster, but that's not because it's only got to do with business elements, right? Sure. Sure. If we had more people in place, things would happen. But, yes, the music, uh, we're very proud. We were just talking about it outside of yeah. the record and uh, yeah, got... we're, we're we're focused on what we're supposed to be all about yeah right? it's interesting it yeah. kicks off perfectly with that introduction by dave grohl i don't know where that was but just your yeah, drumming it, reminds it, me of dave's what were you going to say rob it was at the spirit awards is actually where that dave that grohl, where that was okay where, yeah anvil movie was awarded uh the spirit award sasha yeah. the uh, trophy uh summer that he Dave must love you because the wristband, the white wristband is from the spirit awards. You're kidding. You still have that on. (laughs) I never took it off since we won that night. So I love that. I love it. Wow. And if there was any righteousness in the world, something like fire rain would be everywhere. That song is so killer. Your yeah. drumming is amazing. Your riffs are incredible lips. It is amazing. It, and it's just not a fair world when something like Fire Rain doesn't get the attention it deserves. Man, I, I can't believe I'm hearing this coming from you or from anybody. But I <laughs> really? Love it. I feel there's many yeah. songs on the new album that we knew precisely what we were like. Like I was saying to Rob, early in our career, like in metal on metal and forge and uh-huh. we didn't we 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 went about it innocently, but we did the right things uh-huh. to write songs. Yeah. But then we went into a tangent of and a long period of time of writing songs for the sake of showing off of how you could play. That makes okay. sense. And that's that all makes sense. The, it's all through the 90s and where in where a time when what we were doing was not really a common thing. And you were lucky to even have a record deal at all because yeah. there was no popularity. It was all about alternative, alternative yes. rock or whatever, or what you call alternative. And then there was the whole uh, years of, of unplugged mm-hmm. stuff all over the place from even really heavy bands doing unplugged. Yeah. Um, all through the, through the, that, those eras where you, you you're throwing in the kitchen sink into this into the songs, but mm-hmm. now we're at a at another point in, in my career in as a and as a writer that I 
I understand what it takes to make a proper song. So I know instead of doing it by accident, now I'm yes. doing it precisely because I know exactly how to write a song. That makes so much sense, Lips, because that's probably why I like this album so much is because it feels a little more tuneful maybe than some of the others. Some of the others, and you're right, there's there's a lot of like, I mean, your albums are great, but it sometimes it can be more about like the thrashing and look what we can do. These are great, catchy songs. It right. shows that you've, gr you've grown and learned a lot. Yeah. Built yeah. around the chorus lines, because if you... Yes. If you go back to the metal on metal album, and I started realizing, and they were they were very innocent because we didn't know what we were really doing in the in the in the in the technical sense. Sure. But but, but so we were drawn to whatever we felt was going to sound good, what sounded good, and we weren't so much worrying about what we were playing. Mm -hmm. But then it turned into well, all we did was worry about what we were playing, which is not the same thing yeah. as writing a song. Yeah. So get, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You get lost in in, in showing off. Yeah. But so so what is creating a good song? It's having a great riff, a great foundation to build a chorus yeah, line. Yes. The big, hook. big hook line so that you that's remember it. the name of the song. That's it. That's it. That is so apparent on this. I love it. I'm, it's it's one of your best albums, and I'm so glad it's here. Um, okay, I wanted to kick it off with that because I felt like it deserved some attention too. Let's talk about the movie. I am curious, obviously. My first question is, why now? This is the 13th anniversary. Normally, we're used to 10s or 5s or 15s or anything ending in a 0 or a 5. Why was now the time to re-release this movie? Sasha, maybe well, that's for you. I mean the the album is 13. called the album is called This Is Thirteen. That oh, that's true. Called. Yeah, good so, point. That was a, and also thirteen unlucky, lucky for some. Who knows? So it's yes. the album. It felt like, but actually, it, it all sprang up completely organically because my godson, who's called Rio, wanted to see the movie last summer. His mother produced it. His mother Rebecca Yeldon produced the film, and he was about six when we made the film. And so he said, hey, I really want to see the movie that you and my mom made. Um, could I see it? I said, sure. So I invited him up to the house, and he said, can I bring some friends? So all these 17-year-old kids from high school showed up, and we showed them the movie, and they just were just blown away, like yeah. in a way that I think no one could possibly have anticipated. So mm -hmm. we did this screening, and then they told their friends, we've got to see the movie. And then that led to a second screening of more friends, and then that led to a third and a fourth, and and six, seven, eight, nine. And then finally we had 10 screenings last summer, all word of mouth. And then the kids began to invite their older brothers and their parents yeah. and some of the old fans. So by the end of the 10 screenings, which was like June and July, 2021, we had two offers from distributors who'd heard about the word of mouth no said like after this movie, after the pandemic, this movie is really playing and resonating in a way that no one really anticipated, you know? Yeah. And then I realized, having spoken to my godson that you know these kids have been on zoom for two years they haven't been able to socialize they've had such a critical part of their childhood development kind of taken away they're all pretty fucking depressed yeah and suddenly they were in uh, able to join and connect over this movie that they hadn't heard of and it kind of blew their minds yeah. so these two distributors separately heard about it ended up coming to like the ninth and tenth screening and we had offers, and the guy we chose, Robert Schwartzman, who runs Utopia, who's uh, you know very up and coming. They're calling them the baby A24. 
Mm. Uh, they're a young fledgling company, very aggressive, scrappy, kind of brilliant company, but really fantastic taste, obviously. And, um, you know, they um, they said, look, we think there's an, if these screenings are anything to go by, we think there's a new audience for this of kids. Yeah. And yeah. we want to bring it back out into theaters and we're going to treat it as if it's a new movie that's never been released before. Hence, if you're in LA right now, or you drive down Sunset, we have two gigantic billboards. Do you really? Sunset. Oh, yeah. We have a 70-foot-high <laughs> billboard yes. on Sunset. And then we have one above Gil Turner's at Sunset and Doheny. Uh, they said a million people will see the poster uh, in the month oh, of September. Of me. And, naked. Just, and, and I just love that. Of you naked lips at the same time. <laughs> and I just love that kind of total bullshit. The old Peter Sellers look, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so the story is so crazy. I mean, the, the first time around was crazy, but this is like, so on September 27th of this month, it goes out into 215 theaters so far, which is five times the original release. Really? Wow. I saw it in the theater um, when it very first came out. And of course, I loved it. And I've watched, I watch it periodically since then because it's so much fun. I I was thinking when before we hopped on, I feel like Anvil might have been the thing that kind of catapulted the rock doc frenzy that we're sort of having right now. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like the go-go's got into the rock and roll hall of fame because of the strength of their rock doc. Susie Quattro should have been because of the strength of hers. It feels like that's, they are really popular and really timely right now. And I feel like it was this one that kicked that off. I think it was, I mean, I look, I can't, you know, who knows, but I do think that people have said over the years to us that it was a very influential film because it came before Searching for Sugar Man, 20 Feet from Stardom, all those last three movies, which won the Academy Award for Best Documentary because of something, uh, Anvil uh, created a rule change in the Academy Mm. around music documentaries. Mm. So it was very influential in that sense. And in fact, the day after Searching for Sugar Man won the Oscar, um, the director and the producer, Simon Chin, who's, you know, an amazing producer, he's won two Oscars, one for Searching for Sugar Man and the other for Man on Wire, another great documentary. Uh-huh. They called me the day after the Oscars to thank me because Anvil had paved the way and allowed the rule change. So, I, I, you know, we did a tremendous service, I think, for other music documentaries. Yeah. But of course, we weren't intending to do that. We were just making a film from the heart you know, uh, a fan making a movie about, you know, his, his, yeah. his idols and friends and collaborators. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, it was just a, from a very pure personal place. And I think, you know, whether the music's being made that way or the film's being made that way, you know, sometimes great things happen because the core DNA of it is really love. It is. That's and it. love for the people, love for the music. And they're like, if you're coming from the heart, but if if you're coming from the heart man in life you you just can't fail one way or the other something good happens and we were talking earlier and lips reminded me that when i first told him i was going to make a movie in 2005 or four i told him before we even shot a frame he burst out into tears and he said and i said dude what are you talking about we haven't (laughs) done anything and he said well i don't know what's going to happen and i was just thinking back to that time he knew at that point what in my an innocent party. thing to say. Yeah, yeah. He just knew. He just knew something magnificent was going to happen. I didn't, uh-huh. even though I was the one saying I'm going to make the movie. Yeah. But I was a bit like, 
wow, he's getting like a little bit over emotional and like, what the fuck, you know, but Lips had this and, and he does, and you feel it in the film, this sort of sixth sense about stuff. Absolutely. And I, I can imagine that in a parallel universe, me and Lips are sitting in my un uncle Marty's, you know, front room at the house in Toronto on Ava road. And I can imagine that he's tearful because he's imagining that 15 years later, this movie is going out to an entirely new audience. Yeah. Again, yeah. By the way, as someone pointed out the other day, it's never happened before that a documentary from several years ago is getting a theatrical release. It's I like so. it just has not happened, certainly no. to the scale. So yeah. I think people are feeling like it's just so funny and it's so anvil. And of course, yeah. And I think we're all enjoying it. We can't quite believe it's happening. I certainly can't, but because the whole thing began with me wanting to show my godson the film. And now we're Crazy. in 15 theaters later, you know, so. <laughs> okay let me uh let me direct some questions to the to the masters here so lips let's talk about that for a minute when this what was the best thing to happen to you when this when the documentary came out the first time i remember seeing you on jay leno doing metal on metal and all that kind of stuff what was the best part about it all i think those 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 moments um of of being seen by by America in one in one shot that that you worked your whole life and now you've been seen by more people than you have up until that point you know and, yeah. and it, it it that it's actually pretty pretty remarkable uh -huh. the, the the exposure the 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 understanding of what what that that exposure was, uh, you know, people people saying that our heyday was in the eighties. No, our actual heyday was right at that moment. Yes, <laughs> when we when we got seen by by a huge huge population. Yes, that we've never been seen before. Yeah, like never to ninety ninety nine percent of the people seeing that the anvil. We never existed before no. that moment. No. So, so, Rob, tell me this: What was uh, were were shows different after that? Were the offers different? Yeah. Were the crowds bigger? Yeah, they were. And uh, the the Hasn't big stopped. yeah the biggest highlight I think at, a, at that time was when we played with ACDC. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we we played stadium shows with those guys, uh, special guests for one hour. Mm. That was probably the was something historic yeah are you getting were you getting invites to things like cruises there's like all those music themed cruises and stuff like yeah, that yeah we've we done, we've done yeah we did that yeah. we went to singapore and played with metallica oh my gosh um what else yeah i mean uh, I just yeah, yeah. think about everything uh, yeah. Not, yeah. a couple of tours with saxon in the uk Ooh, and nice but we've been That's, doing and we've been doing ever since uh, all that unfolded really till this yeah. day over a hundred shows a year you know what's interesting based on what sasha was just saying i was realizing that anvil when the doc came out it was we all it was revealed that anvil had been sort of sneaky influential to a lot of metal and thrash bands and now the documentary has been sneaky influential on rock docs and stuff like that that's kind of <laughs> that's kind yeah. of anvil's legacy is like sneaky influential you know what i mean 
you don't think you don't you may not know Anvil, but you should because they've influenced all this stuff. There's bigger things out there that are happening because Anvil did it first. You know what you I know, mean? It's really interesting in terms of the film. Sure. You know, I think it's yeah. becoming less sneaky you know. now. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's like it's a kind of validation. Like I, I was exactly. I was telling the guys earlier. The, one of the chief joys of the movie for me was being able to go and interview Lemmy and to interview Slash and Lars and Tom Araya of Slayer and Scott Ian from Anthrax, um, who's going to jam with the band in LA amongst others. And what was wonderful was to watch Anvil watching yeah. the, the, this in, these incredible interviews and this validation of their band, you know, and it's there recorded forever. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, whatever you want to say, you can say whatever the fuck you want. There's Lemmy. There's fucking Lars. There's right. Slash. There's Scott. Yeah. There's, you know, there they are, enshrined forever, yeah. uh, recognizing the band's importance and legacy and celebrating them. You know, and I think for me, as their fan and friend, I just, that uh, that part of it just felt really good. Yes. That the, 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 the kind of respect that their peers had that's was it. not just a rumor, but it was recorded there on film for all to see. And that totally was like a really a really kind of important part of what made me so happy when the film yeah. came together was being able to show the guys, hey, guess what? This yeah. is what Lemmy thinks. Guess what? This is what Lars thinks. And Slash from Guns, you know. Uh, I mean, these are all iconic people at this yes. point. So I think that that's that's an important part of the legacy. In terms of the film, I think it's now, you know, regarded as a sort of rock documentary classic, whatever that mm -hmm. means. It is. And, and I think that people, it's regularly appears in the top 10 lists of, you know, favorite movies. And, yeah. and it, it was really nice. I mean, like for me personally, as a filmmaker, the high point was when I was invited to the Beverly Hills Hotel a few years ago to have uh, lunch with Martin Scorsese because he had a documentary what? called George Harrison and living yeah. in the material world. And so for me as a filmmaker, I was at this brunt, a lunch for about 40 people. And I was sitting next to George Harrison's wife, Olivia Harrison. Uh -huh. And I was thinking to myself, why the fuck am I at this <laughs> lunch? But like, what am I doing sitting next to George Harrison's wife? Anyway, so we're all talking and I'm like being very nice. And I love that, you know, anyway. So my friend, Ron Yerksa, who's a great producer, brings over Marty Scorsese. And Marty Scorsese said to me, you're Sasha, you made Anvil. And I said, yes. He said, that's one of the best music documentaries ever made. Congratulations. What? That's why I was invited to that lunch because Scorsese wanted to meet yes. me and say, and so it felt to me like there was a parallel between like Lars, Slash and Lemmy validating the band when Scorsese came to me and, and said that at that George Harrison lunch. That's crazy. Lips going based on what you were saying earlier. You know that it, if Martin Scorsese had an idea who Anvil was before, it was not very big. He, I mean, talk about the reach of that movie. Like you were just saying, all these people now mil reaching millions of people in one shot, like Martin Scorsese, after however many years of trying so hard to reach that many people, you did it in one shot. And it was amazing. Like when the first movie came out, we did this thing at the Village East. We had this after party at the Bowery Hotel where I am now, which has sort of been our HQ since the uh -huh. beginning. <laughs> um, because the owner of the hotel, Sean McPherson, loves the movie. And he just let us stay here and he would screen it in the event nice. space. And like all these crazy people like David Byrne of Talking Heads and oh, all these man. people showed up. So, so 
I, we were having that after party at this Village East show, and Lips went out to smoke on the outdoor terrace, and he comes back to me, and he said, these guys want to meet you. I think they like the movie. And I said, who is it? He said, well, it's this guy and this English guy. And I, Anyway, they seem to love the movie. Anyway, so I went out, and Lips introduced me to Jay-Z and Chris Martin of Coldplay. What? And, like, he had no idea. And I was like, dude, it's Jay-Z and Chris Martin. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, oh, okay. I have no idea. But, you know, they seem very nice. Anyway, but, like, we just, like, it just went completely uh, fucking mental. It was, yeah, it did. I didn't really know who they were either. Yeah. <laughs> I think you probably was, still don't. I met a guy named Chris and a guy named Jay. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? I I don't imagine uh, Lips listening to too much Coldplay, so I'm not I'm not too surprised there. So uh, Lips, let me ask. I'm, I'm going to know who that. I'm supposed to know who they are. Yeah. If it's Bruce Dickinson, I might even have trouble. I don't okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> so Lips, I want to know at, when everything got big there for a while. Who did you meet that did turn you on? That was exciting for you because I'm imagining people came out of the woodwork. Oh, it's not, not just a, it's not. Uh, yeah, Paul McCartney was yeah. Pretty tell, him, tell them about Jimmy Page at the Rock Awards. Jimmy Page. What? Tell him uh, what they said. Tell, tell him what they said. Pretty bizarre um, shit, man. If you ask right. me, there's a lot of uh, people that we uh, encountered. Yes. <laughs> what did Jimmy Page say? He said that uh, you know we he, give everybody hope. He says you guys give us all hope. You give <laughs> yes. us all. Hope. That is so true. So true. Um, I'm curious too, Rob. Before the documentary, did you know that people like Scott and Slash and Lemmy held you guys in such high esteem? Were you getting that kind of feedback? Yeah. Well, you know, we, we yeah, always we, do. knew that, that yes. we were friends. Yeah. We were friends with them with, okay. with Lemmy uh, from the from 1980 mm. 81 on. Mm. So, come hell or high water. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I didn't know if you guys had never met or didn't know them very well. He asked me to join Motorhead in 1983. Of course. Of course, I knew that if you ask him to think of Anvil, he's going to only have good things to say. Wow! You know, wow! That, that that so to for for me to to hear that my friend still supports me was felt very very nice to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom Mariah, I, I mean, there's there's a whole story with behind the Tom Mariah how I even got to know him, and it was bizarre. I knew the guys in Overkill from many many years ago, so. We they they came to town as a support band to Slayer. Well, they all went out to the the, the strip club in Toronto called the Zanzibar, and they called me up and invited me out. Well, uh, I sat down and Tom was there, and he met this guy Steve. <laughs> right? I didn't tell him I'm an anvil. I didn't say shit the whole fucking time. So the next night, the next night, we come to the concert. And I'm walking up towards the, where the concert hall is, and Mad Dog Colin Brown is standing by the by a tour bus, and he beckons me over, and he says, "Lips, come here, come here." And Tom Mariah goes, "Who are you yelling lips to?" He goes, "That guy over there." And he goes, no, "That's that's the guy Steve." And he goes, "That's lips." I go, "Holy fuck!" That's when Tom realized who he'd been partying with the night before. <laughs> oh, that's so great! That's so great. So, Rob, and you then, had mentioned oh, I gets in touch with them, and I, I gets gets in touch with with Tom. Uh, not, I, I had no idea that he had done this. 
Yeah. So when he said um, when he said to to, uh, to to Tom that he wants to uh, do this interview, he agreed pretty much immediately. Yeah. When Sasha showed up, uh, Tom insisted that Sasha get me on the phone. So Tom Tom gets on the phone to me and he goes, "Listen, it's it's me, Tom. Man, I I I was compelled to do this interview. I got to uh-huh. tell you that the second Sasha called me, I knew that I had to be part of this and to help you in any way that I could. This is your moment, dude. Right on, right on, right on. He goes, and then he started asking me about." spiritual stuff which was really yeah going do you have are you having deja vu are you having premonition Uh, things and i'm going yeah how do you know that because you're meeting your destiny man Uh, that's uh, what it means to meet your destiny it was one of those those actually what the fuck is this about how where is this coming from yeah what yeah, a trip. He's right. He's, that's how it's feeling. And this guy's actually confirming it and telling me why he wanted to become part of what it was. Yeah. Because yeah. he saw it almost as a as a spiritual joining of some sort. That is fascinating. Um, Rob, I wanted to ask you, you'd mentioned playing about a hundred shows a year. How have um like are you further up on bills now? You, I'm guessing the audiences are bigger. Where have you played that's been a real highlight for you? Where is Anvil especially hot? Where are we hot? We're hot in the UK. UK. Yeah, nice. Good. And Germany. Germany, we do. Really? And Japan. And, and uh, we're pretty hot in Canada. In Canada. Of course you are. Yeah. About yeah that. Canada's pretty. Uh, yeah. Uh, we play everywhere. We. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have it, it, it's pockets of it's, it's yeah. become our day job. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so that I was going to ask you, Lips, are you still working for the school? Oh, no, hell, no, man. No, no, no. We, we haven't had day jobs in. Uh, maybe that's what the thirteen is. Maybe that's what the thirteen is a celebration of. It's been thirteen <laughs> years or even more that I have yeah. haven't had a real job. Good for you. Oh, good for you. You deserve the band, it. The band has really become both of ours uh, day job. Which good is fantastic you know covid you know put a, a pause on of course. That, obviously, but, yeah. but even this year we've already uh we're over 60 shows into it this year you know we did a big american tour um we did 40 dates down here just recently nice nice and, uh, i saw you guys once back in May. yeah we're coming back next okay day. good i um i saw you guys once um here in denver and it was at this bar yeah, and yeah. i had never been and there were only like 13 people there and this was after the movie and i thought how how can this be why would this be and rob when we talked before you were saying there was some problem about the promotion of the show and so it left this impression on me like man is it still a struggle for anvil and i'm glad to hear that it's not i know where you saw us that that was that little it was almost like a little uh we had to. We were really struggled to do it because we were set up all weird and all. Yeah, it was weird. It was. It, it was a. I'd never been to that. I haven't been back to that place either. I hadn't been there before, but I thought, man, is this where is Anvil back to this now? I'm so glad to hear that it's not the case. In different places, yeah, we yeah we still experience that. Unfortunately, uh, in America, we do. 
Yeah, yeah. America's the, the, the actually notorious for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody and, else gets it. Right? Tired and they don't do any promotion, but they're happy yeah. to have the band there. And it's it's like the weirdest dynamics I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other question for you, Rob. Do you still have that painted turd on your wall? Yeah, I have, th- I have three of them. You do. <laughs> Yeah, there's a trolley. It's, there's a, it's a, trolley. a series. There's a it's series. A... <laughs> I'm still trying to get my one that I was promised when we were standing on the stage at Giant Stadium, and he said, "I'm going to give you the shit painting." I'm still waiting. Yeah, twelve years. Yeah. Well, it, I told him that you know it's actually being there's, a, there's one being painted for him. Uh, <laughs> a custom painted, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> I've offered him some, you know, really beautiful lithograph prints of the of that one. I don't want a print of the ship painting. I want the real thing, dude. That's I don't right. want fucking knockoff. Right. That's so give funny. Shit, then give me shit. Don't yeah. fucking give me a photocopy of shit. That's great. Okay, so so Sasha, let's talk for a minute about some of the premieres that are happening. It's got text. Yes, well, okay, premieres. So we're in New York tonight. We're doing the Angelica Theater. Where we right. played originally, and we, they had this guy kept putting the movie on, and his manager had to tell him to stop after about sixteen weeks. It played there for four months. Oh no so way! We're, so we're back there tonight. It's completely sold out already. The host is Peter Dinklage, and yep. uh, lots of crazy people. Come. By the way, guys, Doug Shulman, the lead singer of Gentle Giant, is going to be there tonight. No He's a big way. fan. Yeah, yeah. Doug Shulman is going to be there tonight. Um, I was going to ask you about Peter Dinklage and why him, yeah. but it's because you directed the Hervé Billichay's yeah, movie, right? Movie Peter, I've been friends, oh, no. I've been friends with uh, Peter for many years. So, in fact, Peter was an original Anvil fan, and he came to all the early shows way before we'd, way before Game of Thrones, and way before he we'd made this movie together. No he way, was a friend of mine since about two thousand two or three. So, um, Peter, actually, Jamie Dornan's just gone online and done this incredible TikTok promo for us for the U.S., which is great. And, uh, I mean, the movie has this crazy array of fans, you know, like Helen Mirren is a massive fan, Margot Robbie, Olivia Coleman, Gillian Anderson. They all love the movie. All these kind of women actresses. Yeah. so then in, in, LA we have, yes. in LA, we have Steve-O, yeah. Uber fan from Jackass. He's he's the host, and we have all these quite major people coming to the premiere in LA, which is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, you can't really, that's going to be, that, that'll be released like next week. Of course. And um, yeah, so we got a New York premiere tonight and then LA premiere. And then we're going to the UK because as a result of this US thing, um, the UK is now re-releasing the remastered film. And I think there's an event there. And they're actually, I mean, the UK distributor is as crazy as I am, honestly. His name is Will Clark. He's brilliant. He's released many uh-huh. big movies from The Wrestler to Black Swan to Searching for Sugar Man. You know, he's a really major guy, Altitude. And he he thinks he can get the movie and the band to play the Royal Albert Hall. No so way. We're just trying to work out because there's in the UK. That movie is like not, it's a cult mainstream movie. Like everyone knows that movie and loves it in the UK. So he feels he can sell that many tickets. So anyway, we're talking about that. We haven't locked the date, um, but we're at least having that discussion. Just, I mean, just the idea of Anvil, the movie and the band playing the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, Uh, it's just crazy. So 
we'll see if we can pull that off or um something close it's all about the bands on tour in october and the dates you know when world Albert hall is available um yeah. but we're having that discussion and we'll see where we get to but you know That's whatever it is, and it's like it's all amazing you know what i mean this- so much remastered version that's coming out is there some additional footage there is it? so if you go and see only in theaters if you go to the theater you will see the movie remastered vision and sound and then there's an extended interview mm. uh with me lips and rob with special content that's only for theaters that you can see right after the movie and isn't that matt pinfield matt Pinf- doing matt that? Pinfield yes. introduced uh sort of interviewed us yes matt, yes formerly mtv the host of, um, you know, whatever. 120 minutes and 120 stuff like minutes, that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's great. And he's a big fan of ours. He has a show in LA on Kalo S, which goes yeah. internationally. Mm-hmm. He's promoting our show in LA right now. So, yeah, we, we have, um, it's going to be really cool to see yeah. it in theaters with this remastered sound and picture and then have this special. Yeah. It'll, be like sitting, it'll be like sitting with us in the theater after the movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question for both of you guys. Lips. What is your favorite thing about being a rock star? That I get to play every night. Really? That that's what I get to do. That I get to be, I get to be an anvil every night. Yeah. That's you have no idea, and no one could have any idea how fulfilling that is to be able to do what you're what you're supposed to be doing and make a living doing it. That nothing could be more fulfilling than that. No. Is it even more fun now than at other stages in your career because of the success and the audiences that you draw and the attention? I yeah. think, yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's absolutely for you. It is Rob. It's yeah. a great way to go out, man. Yes. Yeah. It's absolutely. This is going into a real golden, golden, beautiful sunset. You couldn't go out better than no. than 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 that. Yeah, like retiring into your passion that you love. Yeah, yeah. How much longer do you guys think you can do it? I don't know. That depends on how much longer I can stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> I quit smoking. I'm trying. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Okay. A, big, a huge accomplishment. A it huge, is massive accomplishment, but it, it should have happened a way, way longer ago. But yeah. you know, whatever. I'm, I'm three or four. I, it, you know what? When you stop counting, it means you've really quit. Yeah. But at least I'm at least four years, oh, four years gone with it. So, Good for you, lips. That's great. To the point where I don't even really. I'm not thinking about how long ago it's been. I, mm-hmm. I really don't care. Because yeah. there is a future for it. That's great. I bet it's nice having some money in the bank for once too. After, I mean, after now that this is your real your job, your full time job, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I oh, bet. You, know, you got to keep working, man. Yeah, was, well, of course, of course. In, in younger younger times, you do you did what you had to do. And sure. It, and that's what that's what you you did it. And so you set up your life so that you could do this for a lifetime. Yeah. And I did set up my life that I could do it for a lifetime. And I'm still not, I'm still not dependent on anything else, but what I've, uh, what I've I've accomplished by doing what I've always done. That's it. I I don't know how else to explain it. No, I, that's why I asked. I got an inheritance from my parents, but I haven't spent the nickel of it. Oh, wow. You you know what I'm saying? So yeah. all that has happened is Anvil's taken the place of all the things I had to do to make money. And sure. 
including doing the the deliveries, doing uh, guitar lessons. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever I had to do to make money, I don't have to do guitar lessons. I don't have to go to those jobs. Mm -hmm. I don't have every minute of the day running to go chasing a nickel. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's what I mean. I, I call. I call for myself. This is the best shitty day job I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. uh, no one puts things quite like Anvil does. That's your. That's your gift to the world, guys. Well, look. Thank you for talking with me. Of course, I love you a lot, and it, it is such. It gives us hope. It, everything that everybody said about that movie is true. It. It's about love. It's about brotherhood and commitment and love and love for music and dedicating your life to it and it's been an it's been inspiring people for 13 years and and, and the right. other thing about it is is it, it, it's really like what you said is exactly right it's also about if you just hang on long enough and you yeah. don't quit then you yeah. allow for the possibility of some kind of a miracle it's happened in this case i love the way uh, you not, said not, that not to say it should have or, or but it did and and that means if it's possible for us it's possible for you it really is a hopeful message and right now in the world we could use as much hope as we possibly can get it's Boy. been a fraught few few years you know so, so many intense things have happened you know and i just really i think it's important for all of us to put something out in the world that has a message that ultimately is super fucking positive man yeah. that's what we need i need exactly. that nourishment myself and so I just want to say to all of your listeners, um, if you go to anvilthefilm.com, you can find out where the movie is playing in your city, nationwide, Perfect. September the 27th. It's got many week-long runs as well as one-night engagements. You can get all the details at anvilthefilm.com. And tell your friends. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, if you have seen it, bring people who haven't seen it. Yes. You know? And wish so many people are showing up for us. It's like absolutely astonishing i agree i know we're in the streaming era but i feel like this is a movie that you and some friends a bunch of buddies a bunch of couples whatever let's go experience the anvil doc on the big screen and just exactly. have a really fun night out with new That's sound and by the way we're not just open to couples if you're in a thruple you can also come <laughs> just three of you can have a really nice night and then just go home and be a thruple That's you know, right. so open to everything ending in <laughs> upple <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever you're into, bring it to an Anvil movie. That would be great. <laughs> that's, such a, that's such a niche marketing campaign. We're really going for thruples on this re-release. <laughs> okay, anyway. That's great. <laughs> I digress. Thanks, guys. I love you a lot. All right, there you have it. Lips, Rob, and Sasha discussing the re-release of the Anvil documentary, Anvil, the story of Anvil. It's going to be out in theaters in October. Look for it. Um, it's going to be a blast. Also, Impact is Imminent came out, I think, in May. And uh, it's fantastic. This was the song I mentioned in there called Fire Rain. That, I mean, all, their all the songs feature some great work by both Lips and Rob. But I especially like what Rob's doing on this song right here. Great album, great song. Anyway... Thanks, folks. Support these guys if you ever can see them live, if you can see the movie again, if you want to buy the DVD, whatever you want to do. But support Anvil. They've worked so hard. They deserve it. They're the best. All right? So are you. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon.
Sunday.